Hi gals, I'm Nicole Waltz, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Girl Read Your Bible, Sunday School for Adults Who Missed It, where we do just that. We go over Bible basics to help you get a really good handle on the stories of real people who lived and made it into the Bible, and they're how their stories are going to help you grow in your faith, impact your life, and reveal the promises that God has in store for you. We go over these stories every single week, and I hope that you will continue to join me. I am so excited about today's story. I'm pretty much usually excited about every story because they all have like really good deep meanings, and I'm excited to dive into it. But I have two things that I want to talk to you about before we dive into it. One, if you are enjoying the channel and you'd like to continue to get more out of it, maybe help to support us, I have a workbook that I was able to uh, produce and put onto Amazon. So this is, I will um, I will put the link on my website, 522gals.com, and also in the show notes. But I have just this little Girl Read Your Bible podcast study journal to just help you to write down the things that we're talking about and help you get like the most out of each and every episode. So like there's just a place with uh, for you to put um, who is the person that we're talking about, who's the main character that we're discussing for the, for the episode, what's the theme or the topic, and where is this uh, person's story found in the scriptures. And then there's always three questions to just help you to really think about the story and think about the person. Just uh, thought provoking, and then a place for you to write notes if there's something um, that you have that you want to that you want to jot down and contemplate, or something that the Lord's speaking to you about this person's story and how it's relevant to you. It's really just a way for you to take some notes and to really get the most out of the study session that we're doing here. And of course, it's a great way for you to help to support the channel if you're enjoying it, and you could do that. I appreciate it so much, actually, because it helps us to continue to grow and continue to produce this. Um, So I will provide that link for those of you who are interested. Please check it out. Thanks so much. And now my second point, more exciting for me, is giving things away. So our uh, scripture for the next several weeks, I want to say scripture of the month, but you you never know when you're picking this up. So it's just going to be for several weeks. Our scripture of the week is found in Romans. I said week again. I mean month. It's our general theme because I love it. It's so adorable. It's Romans 10, chapter 10, verse 15. That's where you can find it. And it's beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. Some versions say preach the good news. But isn't that awesome? How beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. That's us. We are sharing the good news when you tell people about Jesus. It's so, I think it's a really cute verse. And so to, uh, to pair with that verse, I am doing a giveaway. I have these cute little bags. They're like travel size, like trial size, travel size um, of foot care for your beautiful feet because you're sharing the good news. I have this, it, it's a whole little kit. So we have uh, foot soak. It's like little, it's like little salts. They smell amazing and they make you feel so good if you just use these to soak in your soak your feet for just a little bit in the tub i have a walnut scrub makes your feet so soft it's so nice that you're taking care of yourself and then you finish off with a peppermint foot balm it's like a mask for your feet it's just it it's very minty and gives you like wonderful feelings it's a really fabulous kit i use it a lot 
um, for myself. And this is just like the small sample size. I am giving four of these away, at least four of these away this month to people who like, follow, and share the Girl Read Your Bible podcast. I want you to help me spread the word so we can reach as many gals as possible and just try to get this information out there to them that they know that they have a resource to help them really get into the Bible and, and know where to start and, and, and what we're doing. So if you're like, following, share, subscribe, all the fun things, we are going to see who's doing that and we are going to do a little raffle and pick someone to give this give this away to. We have several of them to give away over the next couple weeks and so I'm really excited. So if you would like to add pampering to your beautiful feet, and we want to thank you for sharing the good news. That's your prize. So please do that. Go ahead and check that out. There'll be details on social media. You can follow us there. I hope you already are. And share this podcast with a friend. I appreciate it so much. Now let's move on to like the good stuff. I'm really excited. Today's story is found in John chapter 4. So today, I told you guys we were going to bounce around. Sometimes we're in the Old Testament. Sometimes we're in the New Testament. So um, I don't want to take anything for granted that, that you may already know. Today's story is from a woman in the New Testament. New Testament starts with the birth of Jesus. So we're starting we're starting here. We're not, not in Old Testament. Old Testament before Jesus, New Testament, Jesus, and after. Today we're starting in John chapter 4. And I will tell you that when people ask me, like, where do I start? Where do I start? It's a big book. Where to start? Uh, John is often the book that is recommended to, to start with. It's got a, got a lot of good stuff. So we are starting today with the story of the woman at the well. If you've heard of this story, awesome. We're going to dive more into it. In John chapter 4, there's a, there's a woman. We're, she's not named, okay? And so that always drives me nuts when a character's not named. For the sake of storytelling, I want to, you know, give you her name. We're going to call her Welma. Get it? Woman at the well. Welma. We're going to call her Welma. Welma is not her name. We do not know her name. And so I, I'm just giving her a name for the sake of this episode. Not her name. Not trying to pretend it's something it isn't. Just for fun, guys. Stay with me. Okay. So we are going to break this down. I want you to understand a couple of basic uh, things of information. The woman at the well is in a town called Samaria. Well, I mean, Samaria is a territory. I said a town, but it's really like a territory. And then there's towns within it. Let me, let me explain, though. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along, didn't think well of one another. Um, the Jews kind of looked down on the Samaritans because Jews were like, I don't know how to explain it like this. Jews were like pure, pure bloods. They were Jews. Their family, their parents were both Jews. Their grandparents were all Jews, 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 right? Samaritans had someone outside of the Jewish bloodline. Marian. So they would be like, you know, I feel like saying like mixed breed is like inappropriate. So I don't really know the proper way to say that because that's how they treated them in this derogatory way of how that's coming out of like, that's how they treated them. They were, they were not, uh, they just didn't see them as equal because they didn't have the pure bloodline. So they were, you know, so Samaritans and Jews did not get along and they often didn't talk to each other, which is why the 
parable, you probably even heard it referenced, even if you don't know it, of the Good Samaritan. That's a, a crucial part of that is that it would be a mix of a Gentile and Jew. So in those days, they really would only consider like you were for Bible times in this world. You were Jew or you were not. <laughs> you were a Jew or you were a Gentile. And so Samaritans were the mix of the two. So Samaritans were one of the parents or, or somewhere in the grandparent lineage or whatnot. They were Jewish, but it had been, uh, you know, they had married outside of the Jewish bloodline. And so that's what made you a Samaritan. And that's also what made them look down on each other, which we know is so ridiculous. I'm just saying that's just the way it was. We always, in, in human history, we've always needed some reason. It's like we're looking for reasons to just not get along with other people that are just completely ridiculous. In any case, that's just the way that it was in those times. They looked down on the Samaritans. You were Jew. I'm going to try and explain this one more time. You were a Jew or you were not, which made you a Gentile. Samaritans were a mix of those. So that's how that breaks up. I just want to make sure you have a clear understanding because it comes up a, a few times in the Bible. So he's going through Samaria. Now, I will tell you that that's a thing too. Like it, where it's at in the territory, when you look at it up in the maps, you, to go through it is quicker. A lot of Jews were so snobby about it that they would actually go around the territory, which would take like an extra three days, two days, three days. It would take an extra couple of days to go around it, but they would just because they were so, oh, that's Samaritan. I don't want to be around Samaritans. They're so beneath me. There was a lot of that in, uh, in culture in that day and time. So, of course, that's not what Jesus is going to do. Jesus chooses to go through Samaria to get to where he's trying to go. And actually, let's see, I think it even tells us, of course it does, what the name of the actual village was. And, I, oh, that's why I didn't bring it up because I don't know how to, I just want to be honest with you. And I want you to know this too for when you're reading your Bible yourself. They've got odd words that we don't, I don't I'm not necessarily like a fabulous reader. So it's Sychar or Sychar. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. That's okay. It's not like the name of the town, pronunciation correctly, not super important. I don't want you to get hung up on that. Sometimes we read the Bible and we've got a lot of like genealogy. We've got a lot of uh, just odd names, whatever. And, you know, you can get lost just stuck on like, I don't know how to read the names of these cities. These words are big. Just it, it's information that's there. Come back to it if you're studying deeper in your life. Kind of just move on from it. Don't don't get tripped up by the names of things you can't pronounce. I always just make up words and people make fun of me, uh, which is why, like, for the example of this story today, we're calling her Welma. Welma, she's adorable. But she's from the village of, I'm going to go with Sychar. Could be Sychar. It's S-Y-C-H-A-R. And it is near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. And Joseph... That would be, I want you to understand, because it's kind of, pretty relevant. Um, Joseph would be Jacob's son. And you might know that Joseph in the coat of many colors. Like, that would be that Joseph. And Jacob's father would have been Isaac. And Isaac's father would have been Abraham. Okay, so this is, just so you understand, like, there's relevance there, because they all look to Abraham. And, they, and so this is a, a point, too, where, like, Samaritans 
would agree and Jews would agree, like we're all looking to Abraham, we're all looking to Isaac, we're all looking to Jacob as the bloodline's going down. So that's important information, um, you know, just some relevance of like showing their reverence because it's going to come up in a minute. So we're going to move on because we're talking about Welly, not Welly, Welma today. So Jesus is walking to get to where he's going. He's on his way uh, to Galilee. He was in Judea. It tells us that in the beginning of the chapter. And he went through Samaria, so he didn't cut corners. Uh, didn't take the long way around, I mean. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field. I already said that. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus was tired from a long walk and sat wearily beside the well at about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. There is so much stuff I want to tell you about these couple of verses because I want you to have like the whole picture and that's the whole point of what we're doing here. So let's go back up and go over a couple of cool things. First, I want to tell you that something that I get, get out of it that's like super relevant to me. I hope it's relevant to you. Jesus was tired from a long walk and he sat down and rested. That's really relevant for a lot of women to know people all people specifically women though I think Jesus got tired and sat down and took a rest he didn't drain himself to the point of exhaustion he didn't push through anyhow he didn't say well I really got to get there this is really urgent he understood the value of rest and we are going to get into that that is the theme of the month coming I am I, I think that the value of rest is under undervalued in today's culture but I think it's super important to God not where we're at right now though so I'm trying not to I'm very excited about that so I'm trying not to get distracted with like see right here um we'll move on I just wanted to point that out so you can put a pin in that remember we're going to come back to that soon we're going to come back to that soon because that's super relevant to me but not relevant necessarily to Wilma's story so this is what's important for you to know. I want you to catch this scripture because it's super important. He sat wearily beside the well at about noon time. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And that is important because noon was not the time to go and draw water. And and you may or may not you may not know that. So that it's like this is where things are lost in context where immediately someone from this day and time that's that's hearing this story be retold would know like what? what what's she doing uh drawing water you mean in the morning in the morning because that's when they go oh noon like what is she doing noon's gonna be the hottest time of the day relatively like that's not the ideal time uh, most women would go earlier in the day because you need water girls you know we need water for everything we do we need water to to wash the clothes. We need water to wash dishes. We need water to prep food. We need water to take care of ourselves. We we need water to do any of the chores. Like pretty much everything you do somehow involves water. So in that day and time, you would go early in the morning because A, it's cooler. And like temperature-wise, not just cool. Not the cool thing to do. It's just the temperature-wise, it was the cool thing to do. 
It was also the cool thing to do because it's the time everyone did it. So it was the time that everyone would gather. Cool thing to do. And uh, also you would need that to do everything else that you were going to do for that day to take care of your yourself and your family. So it's already an oddity. Like we're already getting a signal here that something is different about this woman because she's coming at noon. And she'll talk about why. she's you know She'll give us some hints that we can pick apart in a minute. So it's already an oddity that she's coming at this random time and that Jesus happens to be there. Nothing is coincidence, guys. It's not that Jesus happens to be there. So he asks her, she's so important. Wait till I tell you why she's so important. Stay with me. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said, please give me a drink. He was alone. I already read this at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Well, that's important too. Like Jesus sat down, rested and was like, hey, I'm going to take a break. You guys go get some food. I love that. It wasn't like he felt like he had to be the one who had to do everything. He understood to delegate. He understood the value of him taking rest and and letting them do their parts that they were supposed to do. There's a lot. There's a lot there. We're not going there. We're, We're moving on. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. I already explained that to you. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. That's next level too, guys. Like Samaritan woman, Samaritan woman. Like it's just woman, you understand, culture was different. So it was like a big deal that this, this teacher, this rabbi would even speak to her or acknowledge that she existed. I know, it's such a mess, such a bad, such a weird time in the world. Um. But Jesus didn't acknowledge any of that because that was all dumb. He wasn't following those cultural norms because he was like, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. It's such a good example for us right here, like right from the door of Jesus's ministry. He's like, no, obviously I'm still talking to women and I'm talking to Samaritans and I'm talking to Gentiles. I'm talking to everyone because all of your rules are just, I'm showing, I'm showing you the example with my life. That's what we're supposed to get out of it, guys. So we're going to keep going. I'm sorry. I'm rabbit trailing. I'll do that quite a bit. It's just my style. Uh, she said, why I am a Jew, or you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Like, what? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you. For you really relevant he singled her out he didn't say for everyone you know he that's showing to me that he is a really personal lord and that's amazing let's keep going if you only knew the gift god has for you and who you are speaking to you would ask me and i would give you living water now she might be thinking he's got a little heat stroke or something because she's a little like um what now what now But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his aunt that than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. That's a really good scripture. And we always say, I like 
we, we, we chop that scripture up when it's like quoted regularly. I love that it says it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them because that's like the good news. That's the spirit that's in you. It's fresh. It's bubbling up. It's got, there's a lot there. It's renewed eternal life. There's a lot into, in this. When Jesus has these sentences, there's, there's so much in them and they're so deep. They really deserve to be, you know, just process, just process over and over and see like, what is God showing you through these very simple sentences and what's the meanings that you can get out of it? Cause it's, it's a lot, it's good stuff. And she gets excited. She's more excited than I, even I, I'm pretty excited about it, but I'm not there with him, with Jesus in person right now. I can only imagine the enthusiasm of hearing him with just, just the way that he must speak and, and what he would carry. That would be oh, so good. But she gets really excited because she is like, please, sir, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. All right, I got to pause. We got we got to dive in a little bit more as to why that's probably there. She doesn't want to come there to get water. Well, for a couple reasons, I'm sure. And we're, you know, we, we're guessing here. Obviously, it's not telling us. So we have to use critical thinking skills and figure things out. Why doesn't she want to come here again? Well, one, it's probably on the a little bit of a walk to get to. Whether it's in the center of town or on the outskirts of town, so that, I'm not really sure I just know it's a walk. It's a hassle. You got to go there. You have to fill up your water jug or jugs. There got to be a lot. Think about it. Think about how much water you need throughout the day. So in, this would be the same. They, she would need quite a bit of water. So that's heavy. That's my point. I don't know if these are five-gallon jugs. I don't know if she has more than one. Actually, I do. She's, she left her jug behind. So she has a jug. It's heavy. I mean, you don't want to carry that stuff around. That's so if I don't have to come here and do this chore, this strenuous chore anymore, that would be awesome, A. But B, and, and I think more importantly, in my opinion, she doesn't want to deal with the other women. She already doesn't want to, we already know that that's the case because she's there at noon when the other women are not there. Jesus came, sat down, it's by himself. This woman came. No one else is there at this time. That's obvious. She is very excited. Give me this water so I don't have to come here again. Uh, that tells you something about her, but we're gonna get we're gonna get a little more into her story. Uh, and he's but Jesus is Jesus is ready to teach her something. He's he's very I love his teaching skill. He is very like not direct. He's just kind of going around like pointing some things out for her to figure out for herself. And that's why it's important that we dig in the way that we do because we can see this modeled right. So Jesus's response to her is not to tell her all the things that she's done wrong or to give her a lecture or to tell her what she needs to be doing. He just says, go and get your husband. But she replies, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with. Now you certainly spoke the truth. Isn't, this is important. This is so important because, like, you know, like, even in today's culture, having had five husbands, moving on to what would maybe is potentially going to be the six if she's if she's living with someone now that she's not married to, so we're, and she's had five, now we're at, that would be on her way to six, right? And, I mean, we would be kind of judgmental culturally, even in our 
very like loose rule. Like we don't have the. Imagine in the fifties, right? Like you didn't when the days when like divorce was really looked down on. Can you imagine what it might have been back then to go through massive amounts of husbands? And you know, it doesn't necessarily say that she's just been divorced multiple times. I don't know that. Maybe some of them have passed away. Maybe the, I don't know the circumstances because it doesn't tell us. It just says you have had five and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. The fact that he says and you aren't even married to the one you're living with now kind of tells me it wasn't probably just a, a string of unfortunate events where several guys had just passed away and now she's get, staying with somebody and about to get married again. Like, the tone and the context tells me that there's probably been a lot of divorce in this situation. And that would have been, oh, that makes sense of why she doesn't want to come to the well. Because she's probably, um, people are probably mean to her. People probably say terrible things. People are probably uh, kind of gossipy and bullying and just, you know, just giving you the bad vibes and the negative things of, judging like the judgment is probably super obvious when she's in the presence of large community groups of women that she's really looked down on she's had five husbands I mean I just want you to like really process that because like I'm saying in today's culture that would still be like whoa that's a lot like what is happening for you like holy cow just feels like a lot might not carry this it's not going to carry the same amount of judgment and ridicule that it would have back then like oh my gosh that had to be she had to be quite the diamond in the rough that jesus lined up to talk to having been married five times and now shacking up with somebody in bible times just again i mean i try to think of like the 50s or the 20s i mean that stuff was illegal for like it's just mind-boggling to me so, in any case, that's why he picked her. He wanted us to see, like, they don't have to be mean and condemning. He didn't tell her, like, no, you're terrible. Like, no, he didn't give her any kind of slack. He just kind of pointed it out. Like, you're right. I know. I know what you're doing. I know you've had a lot of husbands and you're, you're living with somebody right now. So, let's talk about it. Like, he just wanted to get to a point. She's kind of shocked because she's never met this man before she didn't know who he was she was just like whoa how do you know anything about me you I've never seen you before in my life so she's like sir you must be a prophet so tell me and this is cool too we'll get it why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim, sorry, I'm bad with pronunciations, I'm going to move on, where our ancestors worship. Differences, it's a mountain versus Jerusalem. And Jesus replied, believe, hold on, I, I can't keep reading, I have to like tell you all the things. So I think it's interesting like for us to think about this man who she doesn't know who he is at all yet, she has no idea he's Jesus, doesn't know he's inside, doesn't know anything. She, he's just a man at the well who's a Jew who talked to her, and that was weird already because that shouldn't be happening, is against a cultural norm. And then he further starts talking about having this eternal water. She might think he's a little eccentric. 
And then he knew things about her. He knew things he couldn't know because she's never met him. And obviously she wasn't concerned that he just heard the gossip. I mean, right away she was like, you must be a prophet. Like, you know things about me that you shouldn't be knowing. And you're talking to me. You're a prophet. And then, so she thinks, oh, he's a prophet. He's got this man of God. He's a man hearing from the Lord. And But the first, so there's a million things that you, that you would ask, right? Like if you... If you ran into someone and they could tell you things about yourself and you're like, whoa, this is pretty special. Well, I mean, think about what you would ask. What would be the next words out of your mouth? Like take a minute to think about like how would I react if that were – if I were in a position similar to this, you know, where somebody came along and just knew things about you and you're like, whoa. A lot of people would, would ask a lot of personal questions about their future or personal questions about what they should do or look for advice, things like that. I think it tells me a lot about Wilma's character that she asks, tell me why you insist, you know, Jews insist that I should be worshiping here and we believe that we should be worshiping here. Like her first question isn't about her future or the advice for like her career path or should I marry the guy I'm currently with now or like she's not asking for those types of personal things. She's asking about worship. Like that's clearly what's most important to her because that's what she asks the man who she is associated with being someone, you know, with being a prophet, with being a man of God. Like, oh, this, the, I'm talking to a man of God. I could ask him questions and he, and, and, and he's going to be able to give me answers. So it's really cool to me. It tells me a lot about her character that that's what's important to her. Like that's what she's trying to to learn and figure out. So that was cool, right? Um, think about it from your own perspective. That's what she's worried about. She's worried about where she should be worshiping or why is this even a debate? That's the most important thing to her. I think it tells me a lot about why Jesus picked her to have this conversation with. Why um, even though she's got this potentially derogatory history and dealing with these taboo situations and she's a Samaritan outside of the you know chosen Jewish people that you know he's taking the time to I think it's a heart thing I think we can immediately see that her heart is is uh concerned about accurate worship I, I think that's amazing I could be wrong that's what I'm reading into it so that's just something to think about and Jesus answers her, it's a really good answer, important and relevant for us today. Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter where you worship the Father, on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes from the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. And he's talking about now then, not now today, like now, because I'm here, because I'm Jesus, and I'm here right now. So the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. When true worshipers, and I think he means her, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him, must worship in spirit and in truth. There's our takeaway from this from the story. We're not done. We still got more good stuff to get into. But if you're taking notes, there's your note. For God is looking for people who will worship him in that way. In what way? 
for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And we accepted Jesus. We believe. So the spirit lives inside of you. So that is what we were worshiping. That reconciled part of you is worshiping. It's really relevant stuff. I told you guys I wasn't going to get too deep. I just am giving you things to think about. Dig a little deeper on your own. It's really good stuff. It really matters. That's a very key takeaway for your promises, your potential, your purpose today to worship God in spirit and in truth and that that spirit lives within you. Mm, Told you good stuff. I'm on verse 25 and we're still going. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Because he said, you guys don't know a lot. We've been studying a long time. This is a Jewish thing. You guys are kind of know a little bit. You don't know. You're worshiping God, but you don't know enough. And she's like, well, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he's going to explain things to us. So that'll be good. And Jesus says to her, I am the Messiah. This is verse 26. If you're writing notes, write that down. Because this matters. Jesus told her. I am the Messiah. You know why that matters? That's the first time he tells anyone. He alludes to it, you know. He lets other people figure it out. He asks and they answer. And he's like, this is the first time Jesus' voice says that we have in red, in quotes. I am the Messiah. He tells the woman at the well, who we're calling Wilma. He, I think that's really powerful. He chooses to tell a Samaritan woman first out of his own mouth that, that that's that I am the Messiah. I'm here. Congratulations. Nice to meet you. That's incredible. That's so redemptive. That's so powerful, especially for people who are still confused about the value of women to the Lord. Like he's always like it's right there, guys. He's he's right there so being like, no, no. I'll show you. I'll prove it. I'll act it out for you guys. I'll model the behavior so it's not a challenge for you later. Even though we still get confused about things and different denominations and whatnot, Jesus is always making it super clear. And this verse, this story, super relevant because right there, Jesus says, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask. What do you want with her? That's what they were thinking. None of them had the nerve to ask. Or why are you talking to her? These are the questions that, you know, that John is like, this is probably the things they should have said, but they were afraid to. They were like, didn't have the nerve, which is good. So they come back. They're looking a little startled, a little like, what is Jesus doing? He's talking to a Samaritan and a woman. Does he not know? He never follows protocols. I mean, imagine being these guys because they're such a traditional people in a sense that we can't really fully comprehend because there's not a lot of hard tradition in American culture, like hardly at all. And so it's it's harder and harder to comprehend the value of traditions that they and how they would have just this is just the way it is. Right. We we don't have a lot of that. Like this is just the way it is. We don't have a lot of that in culture. And so there's. It's it, you really have to process and 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 really use your imagination to think about what that must have been like, what, coming up in a uh, timeline on Earth when there is a lot of tradition, there is a lot of just 
societal norms and rules, and Jesus is always breaking them. And I think that's an incredible thing, and it's an incredible thing to see that sometimes he does honor them, and there's a value and reason for that. And sometimes he's like, "These we're, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not ignoring her because she's a woman, and we're not ignoring her because she's not 100% Jew. That's ridiculous. And that he, she's the first person that he voices verbally out loud, I am the Messiah. That's so powerful right there. And you know what she does? These men show up, these other men, these disciples, and they're like looking around like, what is going on? And it says right here, 28, verse 28, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. All right, let's unpack a few things about this because it's super valuable. Uh, Why was the woman at the well? To get water. That's why she was there. And I told you, like, we go and get water in those days. They would go every day and get water so they could do their chores, they take care of their needs, whatever. The water is super valuable. We know that. So she is going to, for her whole point of being there is to get the water. She leaves the jar. I think that the, like that made that sentence was relevant and made it into the story because of its relevance. Like she left the very thing she went there for because this was more important because she'd found new purpose and meaning because her day-to-day chores now dropped in value compared to the information and enthusiasm of what she just learned of who this is. Oh my God, it's the Messiah. We have been waiting for this guy. You have got to come see him. Another thing is that she says, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. And so my opinion, I told you, I always tell you when it's just my opinion, I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, he told her, you know, oh, yeah, you've been married five times and you're not married to the guy you are with. Now, I I can't comprehend or imagine that that's everything she ever did. So I personally think that there's probably more. They had a longer conversation and we don't get every line of that conversation because that's not what's relevant, right? So I think that things, I think that there's probably a whole conversation Jesus had with this lady that might have went longer. That's just an opinion. Okay, I don't don't want you to you know get get angry. Don't get angry with me in the comments if you're like, no. If Jesus said it, I don't think everything every single word that was spoken it made it in all the relevant stuff to relevant to the context of the story made it in. So she says, he told me everything I ever did. I'm gathering from that that there might have been a longer conversation the two of them had, and these were the key takeaway points that we needed to know that would benefit. That's why they make it in. Or maybe that's just the way she summed up the things that was going on in her life or that Jesus had said to her, everything I ever did. It's a, it's an odd sentence. So to me, I think that, she, that he probably had more conversation with her. Um, again, just my opinion. Uh, so, But she goes, she leaves the water jugs and she runs back to the village and tells everyone. Why was she there? To get water. Why was she there at noon? To avoid everyone. Even though she was trying to avoid everyone, she runs back into the village and tells everyone. That's a really powerful story of redemption right there. Right there. She did not care anymore. She no longer cared what everyone thought about her, what she said, what they said about her. Also, too, I think, too, she maybe didn't 
to, again, this is my opinion. This is my processing and gathering, but I want you to follow me on this thought. I think she carried more weight, uh, had a better reputation than she realized that she did. She carried more influence than she believed because she was there at noon avoiding other people, maybe felt very outcast on, maybe felt a lot of self-condemnation or whatever. But when she runs into the village and starts telling everyone, they listen. They listen. She starts running in and telling, oh, come. So people came streaming from the village to see him. They responded. That tells me she carried some influence. And I think that maybe she perhaps didn't realize the influence that she carried because she had a lot of self-judgment or self-pain or you know, whatever, whatever she was dealing with. I think that might be really relevant to even the message of uh, Jesus talking to her about his eternal, eternal water, um, his bubble, the bubbling spring. Uh, I could, uh, I could draw, jump to conclusions. I'm, I'm jumping. So I, again, like, this is just me processing and thinking of, God, what does that mean? What is that? Uh, the woman's been married five times and is currently living with another guy. When Jesus talks to her about uh, going back up to verse 14, uh, uh, it, it, those who drink from the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I think she might have been battling some forms of depression. I mean, she's been married a lot of times. She's avoiding the other people in the town. She's dealing with some emotional stuff, which is maybe why him saying to her about the bubbling, fresh bubbling springs, eternal, eternal water. Like, I think they carried more weight than just surface level, than just stating what it was. I mean, and she started asking, like, well, where is this water? Like, it was going to be a tangible, drinkable thing. I think he's talking to her about something that runs a little deeper. And she knew that. But going back to her obvious influence on the town, I mean, I want to say like that for us, like how often do we think like everyone's judging us or do we think, you know, we don't have a very big circle of influence or what we have to say doesn't really matter or no one's going to listen or whatever. Jesus picked her. He spoke to her despite her, you know, things that other people were passing judgment on her for. He chose to utilize her. He chose her to be the first human that he was like, I am the Messiah. Red quotes, obvious, not beating around the bush, right? That's very powerful, um, important thing for us to remember. But also like understanding who she must have been. She goes into the town and tells everybody, oh my gosh, you got to come see this man. He told me everything I ever did. And they leave what they're doing and come out to see him. She carried more influence than she realized. And I think that that's relevant for a lot of us to realize about ourselves. Despite what we've done or what we think other people are judging or thinking of us or whatever. Uh, maybe you carry more influence than you do. And I also want to point out, much with the theme of this month, beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Share the good news. Different versions. She did immediately, as soon as she found out that he was, who this person was, who this man talking to her was, she went and told everybody. She spread the good news fast and hard and with great influence. 
that's role model material, guys. That's not not necessarily the the multiple marriages, but the uh, the vigor that she must have had in sharing with the town. Like, you guys have got to come see this guy. This is she had to have shared it with such vigor. They they came flooding out of the town to come see who this guy was that she's talking about. I just want you to like really process and think about how incredible. Uh, this woman must have been and how incredible just it's she's got an incredible story that's why it makes it in right and how relatable she is to us I mean maybe you've been married five times maybe you haven't but you've done a lot of things that you feel like people would judge you for or that you feel condemned about or that you feel self-judgment about or judgment from other people what whatever it is maybe you already feel the way that you can imagine she might have felt and realizing that's redemptive right there. Jesus came. He spoke to her. She was used in a powerful way. That's reflective and a, a really good lesson for all of us. Write that stuff down in your notes. Remember, I have a book on Amazon that you can use to take notes. Or you can just write it in a little notebook at home. That's fine too. But, but you know, the one I have is, is fabulous. You should, should check it out. Moving on. Um, because then Jesus talks to the disciples for a minute. So um, I, I want you to read that for yourselves. I'm going to skip over that for right now. Uh, go back, read that yourselves. We're not skipping, skipping things. But I'm trying to get to a point. We're only talking about Wilma today. So please go back and, and, and read the parts that I'm skipping today. Because I'm skipping down to verse 39. And in verse 39, it says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days. Because when you ask, Jesus answers. Really good there. Long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him for ourselves. We've experienced him for ourselves would be a better, uh, a better uh, word there. Uh, now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. This woman helped bring the gospel to her entire village. And all these people came out and Jesus stayed for two days. And all these people believed because of this woman. That is really powerful. And these were Samaritans who were supposed to be secondary as far as culture was concerned. And uh, she was a woman who was supposed to be thirdary, if that's a, that's a phrase. I made that up. Third area isn't a thing. I just want you to know and understand the power of this woman's story, how it relates to you personally, what you can get out of it. I hope you enjoyed this story from John for today, the woman at the well, who we, for the sake of this podcast, named Wellma, but that is not her name. We do not know her name. And she had a really powerful impact and influence in the Bible. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you will join me next time. And please read John chapter 4 so that you can get that entire story for yourself. Continue to read your Bible every day so that you can reap the benefits of growing in your faith. I am so grateful for you. I am so happy that you joined me. I love you guys. I love hearing from you. Please send me messages. Tell me what stories you'd like to hear. Tell me if you had questions. Tell me if something I said today was unclear and you need some clarity or maybe lots of people need some clarity because sometimes I ramble and I want to make sure that what I'm saying is reaching you and speaking to you. And I love hearing from you guys. So please send me messages and let me know what you think. 
Until next time, girl, read your Bible.